Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1236 Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now. Some guests on our show received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. A guy who does a fair amount of traveling himself and has been battling um, a cold himself uh, for the last little while. Former Edmonton Oilers player, uh, assistant coach, now uh, lead analyst for Hockey Night in Canada. We welcome back to the show. Craig Simpson. Hi, Craig. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. And, and maybe can you like just educate our listeners on, uh, I mean, you go through a stretch for about two months where you're traveling literally every, I don't know, every second day type thing. Yeah. It can knock the snot out of you, can it? Well, it sure can, especially when you have to be the one actually playing. Uh, you know, you always have quirks in your schedule. I think every team has a stretch that they look and say, you know, how does the league give us this kind of a, a, a schedule, whether it's the four games and six nights in four different places? or uh, That kind of travel, though, is, is unique. It is, uh, it's odd that you'd go from Washington all the way down to Tampa. That, that's a long haul. Um, and without question, it's one that the coaching staff knew was going to be a challenge. And you, you just have to try to survive those and come out of it with some energy, as you were mentioning before, to make sure tomorrow you come back and, and you get that next game. I, I mean, I literally looked at the schedule when it came out. I remember I called Jack, and I'm like, wow. Uh, have you taken a look at the Washington-Tampa back? First of all, yeah. it's Washington and Tampa. It's two of the yeah. five best teams in the league. Number two, it's at the end of a stretch where the Oilers will have played seven games in 11 days in six different cities. Yeah. So that's a tough – like that is that's, – that's a double whammy. And uh, Now, saying that, Edmonton benefited at the start of a homestand where they played a couple games against teams that were in Calgary the night before. These things do tend to even out. They do, and I think that that play in Calgary and then come up to Edmonton, you almost see that uh, flip each and every year, whereas next year it seems uh, Calgary will get the back end of those. So they do even out, and and it is part of your planning as a coach on – on practice time, I think one of the things that the coaches will complain about in those stretches with so many games and not very many nights is you never get to practice. So you don't really get to work on your game as a unit. Uh, most of the time is just, uh, okay, how are the guys feeling? Do we have energy? Do we have life? Do they need a day off? Do they need the morning skate off? So, uh, you know, it's not unique to Edmonton. I, I will say, though, the one thing that is, 
you know, tilted in such a disservice to the Western teams is just geography. Uh, you know, I, I, I look at the East and uh, you listen to some of the teams complain about their travel, but then you look around and say, literally, you've got a 40-minute flight, a half-hour flight. You've got so many teams in such a small uh, distance area that it, it becomes, even those four games in six nights are not nearly as taxing as uh, the Western teams who have to play and, you know, just travel so far just to get to their closest team. Well, and that's the other part of saying I mentioned in the, the first half hour, Craig, you know, I've had some of the greatest players in the history of the game that were teammates of yours tell me, I'm like, well, you know, you know, Boston and Philadelphia. And they're like, yeah, in the regular season, because yeah. invariably it would be game four of a six-game road trip or second of a second back-to-back in a six-day stretch. It goes, but come playoff time, when we meet them in the playoffs, it'd be fair between the two teams, and suddenly that home ice advantage that they have would be mitigated. Is there something well, to that? <laughs> the, the best example of that is the Boston Bruins. Uh, you know, there's definitely some of that from a travel. You're, you're always on an Eastern trip that typically is trying to jam as many games in as you can in a short period of time, and you don't get the same kind of preparation. In the old days in Boston, you had a smaller ice surface, which was an advantage to the home team. And I remember our first uh, Stanley Cup in 1988, uh, the Oilers were 0-9, uh, lifetime in Boston, and if you go look at the records now, the Oilers are five and zero in Stanley Cup Finals against them there. So uh, there is something to be said about pre- preparation and rest, and you know being able to deal with a playoff series so differently than you do a one-off uh, during the season. But you know that's the ups and downs that you have to have as a team, and, and you got to survive those. And I think I heard you saying looking at a sixteen-game segment, and I, I think the one thing you know you've had some disappointing losses in the last two against really good teams but you've at least given yourself a chance to survive them you win tomorrow night against florida and you're now in a pretty good spot at the end of a tough stretch and you haven't buried yourself and and let's face it bob this year uh, or sorry last year at this time you know the team had all but buried themselves at this point in the season and so at least it's a it's a bit of a win to be competitive to be right in the mix and now you just got to focus forward once you get that bad stretch of games uh, uh, behind you. Uh, just to put things in perspective, Craig, the Oilers also have not played a game against the Pacific Division team. Yeah, it's odd, Edmonton's isn't it? Got, <laughs> yeah. Okay. They've got 29 of their final 66 games against Pacific Division teams. They've gone 36-17-5 and five against the Pacific the last two years. So Peter Sorelli built a bigger, heavier team. Uh, in theory, to combat the Los Angeles and the Anaheims of the world, the orders, even last year, as bad a year as it was for Edmonton last year, Edmonton still went 16-11-2 against the Pacific. So they still had it. They went 3-1 and one against Vegas, and Vegas won the division. Uh, speaking of bigger and heavier, uh, I had a, a coach uh, when I played for the Strathcona Warriors by the name of Lionel Williams. He played in the Western Hockey League. Uh, he lost an eye, um, got hit in the eye. I think he was picking up pucks. Actually, I, I saw Merlin Malinowski, uh, who was involved in the incident, in Detroit. And uh, Lionel coached me, and he said, Bob, if you're going to run around the way you run around, you're going to have to learn how to defend yourself because you're going to have to pay the fiddler. And uh, I think you know where I'm going next. Uh, I'm segueing into something here. Um, When you played, and I know the game is considerably different now, was there any guy that just you you had to have your head on a swivel all the time 
because he, you know, he was fast. And ex- I'm going to think of a guy just maybe after you were done, Dallas Drake. Dallas Drake <laughs> used to hurt guys. He used. Do you agree or disagree with that? Yeah, no, he was a guy who would run hard at you, and you you, you always had a, a player or two uh, for various reasons. Uh, sometimes it would be a defenseman that you had to uh, be wary of coming across, know that you can't have your head down or admire a pass because you're going to get hit. I would say uh, in practice it was Craig Muni <laughs> who yep. you had to be wary of. Uh, we got in a couple of uh, wow. fights in practice because Munes uh, came across and hit somebody there. So I, I do think that you know there's always that awareness awareness that you have to have. I, let, let's face it, though, the the way that the game is uh, played is, is different now, and uh, I would say I have no problem with the way that the game is played. I, I just think that certain situations happen within a game that you just have to be aware of, and you, you know that if someone's running around, okay, well, what's your answer to it? And uh, to me, I've always said that the, the most effective way of counteracting anybody going and running around is making sure you go after their guys and not the guy who's running around, but the other guys who are more important. And okay. uh, I, I don't think that's ever really been a part of the way that Edmonton guys have played. And I, I think that's the most effective. If if you're running my top guy or you're running my defenseman around, if I've got an answer to that and I all of a sudden start doing that to you, that changes the game. And that's that usually stops it without any incident at all. All right, so they come. the Oilers get Tampa Bay, and we know what happened. First of all, let's get to the specifics of last night, and then we'll talk yeah, moving forward. Sure. Milan Lucic, he yeah. responded. He took matters into his own hands. He delivered a bit of a message, whatever. What do you think about yeah. what occurred? Well, first and foremost, it would have been easily diffused with, uh, you know, that should have been a penalty on Joseph uh, against Russell. It's one of those plays that, yeah, Russell's bent over playing the puck, but Joseph knows that he's in a vulnerable spot, too. It would have been an easy call. You wouldn't have had an argument from the Tampa bench if that's a a two-minute, whether boarding or roughing, and that, that negates the anger that that builds up and uh, you know so often you get for whatever reason a few missed calls and that ups the temperature of the game and that's where things do start falling apart where you start missing some calls and then the animosity grows uh, I, I think from Lucic's standpoint uh, I think I said the off camera or off uh, radio uh, I, I think I think he'll get fined I think the the issue is He's at the end of a long shift. His entire line was changing. He was going to change. And in front of him saw Joseph jump off. So he diverted his uh, path from the bench and making a change and had no interest in being involved with the play. It's an interference play that, quite frankly, Lucic did a good job of not being too overly aggressive on the interference. Uh-huh. I mean, he, he, uh-huh. easily, he easily could have uh, done a lot more damage on that. So in fairness, in any phone hearing, Lucic said, listen, I, I let him off the hook a little bit. But when he was down and he punched him in the face and then went after him, I, I think the league's position is you, instead of changing at a fatigue time where you would normally change, you hunted the guy down. You didn't have any regard for where the puck was. You interfered with him. And I, I just think he'll get uh, think he'll get a fine. I don't think he'll get any games. And I think that diffuses the situation enough. And at least the league can say, you know, we dealt with a non-hockey play in the best way we could. Well, this is going to make for a really crappy radio. 
Because I agree. It's a fine, okay. not a suspension. And yep. I also agree that he he did leave. He could have drilled him. He could have popped him. He let him and off the did. hook in the hit. He, yeah, he, let him, he let him off. Yeah, and, and for the fans, oh, Joseph did. Use your brains. The player knew exactly. He saw him out of the corner of his eye. He knew. And the other thing is, is, is there a requirement on the player? When and, and Craig, it's, and this is the thing that you don't know. I don't know if they showed the play on Nugent Hopkins' first shift of the game or the second shift of the game on McDavid. I mean, Matthew Joseph got, quote-unquote, inside the jersey on the Oilers' skill players. Yep. So I don't know if they caught that on camera. But uh, we certainly saw it in the building, and that's one of the things about being in the building. Geez, that's one of the reasons why you like being up top, doing color. Yeah, you can see everything. You yep. can see everything, right? Yep. And so... On that note, so what, he was involved all game long. Is, is there any requirement on Joseph's uh, play when he goes and drills Chris Russell from behind to take Jujar Kara or Zach Cassian's offer up? Is there a requirement? Uh, yes, yes and no. I, I, I think, again, where the game's at, uh, you know, part of his role is to get under the skin of the top players. And if you're doing it, you know what? Come and hit me. Come and go at me. I I, I don't necessarily think it's a uh, foregone conclusion that why waste time fighting Kara or fighting Cassian. My argument would be Bob, and I have a bit of a different view of it because the effectiveness of that, if that if that was Zach Cassian going and hitting Kucherov or hitting Stamkos, oh. you'd be applauding it. And and so that's, that's, where, where, that's think, where we're headed next. Yeah, that's no, where we're I, headed I go, next. That's that's what drives me crazy about it, and I've. I've said about Zach numerous times, you don't have to necessarily be dirty, but you have to be effective. And part of being effective in a role where you're a physical guy that's trying to find a way to stay in the lineup and stay in the league is knowing that every single shift you should get a hit. Every single shift you're out on the ice, you should be a hard four check. Every single shift. It's not, it's not about scoring goals. It's not about uh, adding to the offense. That will usually come when you're involved in that. I don't see enough of that. So I just think for everybody who's upset about it, I totally understand if the guy makes a decision that says, I'm not going to fight you, why fight a fourth-line guy or a third-line guy? But the thing to me is, if that was an Oiler player going at Kucherov or Stamkos and running them and getting under their skin, you'd be applauding it, and that's quite frankly – what those kind of role players need to do. You're not necessarily going to get that matchup against them, but you're always going to get a matchup. Maybe go after Johnson. Maybe go after, um, you know, one of their other small, Braden Point, not a big guy. Why not run him? I mean, that, to me, is part of gamesmanship, and that's what you can do. You don't even have to be dirty. You just have to be aggressive on it, and I don't yeah. see enough of that. Uh, when in the four nothing game against Chicago, Cassian obliterated. He he hurt Jonathan Taze with a hit in that game. Right. And yep. I, ca- I, I caught it on the mics. I won't say which uh, Blackhawks player said it, but it was like it's four nothing. What the blank was that? Right. Like, he said it to him. Like you you guys are up four nothing and you're running our best. Like he got all of them. Like Cassian got all of them on the hit. So that's and and I sort of hinted to that before. They're coming back. You get them back here in, in December. They're uh, I think they're in Calgary uh, on the Thursday, and then they play the Oilers on a Saturday night game. And it's going to be incumbent upon. This is going to be really intriguing to see what the league decides to do here, because I I think if if there is a suspension, I, put it this way. I don't think that the Oilers are. I don't know if they can do what you're suggesting. I, I don't know if they've got that in them. 
I, I well, mean I, I would tell you from a deterrent standpoint, let, let's just uh, you're a star player on a team. And uh, if if I know that because my guy is running their guys that I'm getting hacked, whacked, or hit, or i got to yep. keep my head up, that's a deterrent for me. And I, even to the point of going, hey, you know, you don't need to bring that back on me. If I'm on the team and I go, Joseph fights Lou Cheech or whatever, what does that do? It, it, it doesn't affect that game in any way, other than saying, okay, I went after him and let's get this over with and it's done. How about having a mindset as a team? And, I, and team is all about, I've, I've talked about this a million times, yes. about team toughness. Team toughness is a team that never backs down, that always goes after the top players and makes it hard to play against. And yeah. if I'm a star on an opposing team, and I know that I'm getting that every single shift I get out there because my guy is doing the same thing to them, you know, there there comes a time where you just go, you know what, lay off a little bit here. Let's get this game going at a, at a little bit of a, a different level. And I, I just don't see that mentality with this group, and I haven't for a long time. In Nashville, the Saturday afternoon game that they won with Koskinen starting in goal, Lucic was all over Matthias Ekholm, who'd taken some liberties on McDavid the last couple of years. I yep. mean, it was, it was un... Uh, but that's effective. Like, and it was nonstop, and you, you could, like, again, the live mics, the stuff we were hearing at times when there were TV commercial breaks, like, the guys in the Preds were actually complaining about it on the ice. Yep. Like, it was, it was kind of fun. My, my point is, I don't know if the Oilers are going to get that opportunity. Tampa Bay's got a really good team. But I do think in this day and age, it is the only way to combat fire with fire. Back well, this I, I'm not, you know, was your time more honorable? Uh, I mean, man, it, no. there was stuff that happened when you played <laughs> no. that was... I, I wouldn't, was, was I wouldn't say it was more honorable, but somebody would say, well, you drop the gloves and fight a guy. But I, I would argue there that that didn't really change it if you're fighting that guy. I, I look at the yeah. lineup and say, you know, why can't Zach Cassian do that every shift? Why can't Jujar Kara do that? Why doesn't Lucic like that game? I know you're not going to play 82 games with that necessarily... Yeah edge or intensity but there are nights when you know oh god we got a guy on the other side who's run in the first shift uh nugent hopkins or gone after mcdavid that should be without a coach saying anything that should be the alarm bells for those guys to say i gotta go make an impact so my next shift i get out with anybody of skill other than a fourth line against fourth line i gotta dump it in softly in that corner and i gotta go make an impact and you know that's part of gamesmanship of understanding how you can turn a game and turn a momentum of a game. And it's understanding going, I'm not going to be in the National Hockey League if I'm playing a fancy game and trying to score if that's not who I am. And uh, I yeah. think that's part of the recognition of a, of a player of going how you have to play to stay in the lineup every night, uh, be effective in the role that you can be. And I, I think that should be a pretty logical thing to understand as a player. All righty. Well, uh, you know, I'm with you. I think that's that's the route moving forward. They they didn't police last night's game, and we saw the result that ended up occurring with uh, Lucic. One final question for you, Craig. Does the less willingness of the officials to call penalties as the season go on work against Connor McDavid? Oh, yeah, for sure, because you – you know that they probably should be able to draw a penalty or two every night. I mean, just with 
with his breakaway speed and his ability to separate, you could call a hook, you could call a hold, you could call something like that every night. And and I'll go back to, you know, watching it, it drove Mario out of the game for a while. It, it was frustrating for, for Wayne at times where I think there is a bit of a resistance because it is like, oh my God, every night I could call something every single time. They, they maybe get a little hesitant, uh, but I, I think it's important to continue the message from a from a management standpoint. You know, you never really get to bitch and moan to the officials, but you can have some real honest discussion and even file some video to say, hey, I think that we're having a problem here with our star player, and I think it should be on the league's order to make sure you protect a guy like that. And so there's no question if it doesn't go, then that's where frustration builds and that's where uh, games can deteriorate on situations like that. Craig, where are you this week? I'm in Boston. I got the Leafs uh, playing the Bruins on Saturday. Leafs really good on the road, not so good at home. <laughs> I know it's funny to watch, but uh, it'll be be a good matchup considering the you know history they've had both in a couple of big playoff series in the last four years. Craig, as always, we appreciate your time and your clarity and your perspective, and we hope you get better. Thanks, Bob. Take care. You bet. That's Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Oilers fans, you can book with New West Travel and join us on an Oilers Now road trip to either Nashville or Las Vegas. See the Oilers playing two of the most exciting arenas in the league. These Oilers Now packages include airfare, accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in Vegas, all your transportation, a welcome reception with yours truly, and special guests, plus parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Limited space to get on these roadies in Nashville and Vegas for the Oilers Now road trips. Call the travel experts at 780-432-7446. That's New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. We're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. We'll put the call out at 105. We'll open up the phone lines and get to a lot of your texts, your thoughts on last night's incident with Milan Lucic. Uh, Oilers have dropped a couple in a row here. I, most of you are handling it pretty well. Some of the haters, well, you're going down a traditional path that you have often done on the text line. Remember, if you text the show, uh, our system allows us to go to all your previous texts. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. So uh, we know exactly what we've, we've got a footprint on you. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.